welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Hello, ABCAers and friends. Um, I've known uh, this next guest for th- over 30 years. Uh, he and I actually played against each other growing up and uh, played college baseball together and then um, you know, had a great time following his career after that. Um, I started coaching, he started continued to play and uh, spent seven years in the minor leagues uh, and then 11 years as a big leaguer. And uh, it's a wonderful story about hard work and perseverance. Uh, he actually broke his throwing arm in, in high school and originally thought he wasn't going to be able to play baseball anymore. And from there, he went to John Logan for a year and then transferred to the University of Evansville. And went undrafted as a junior uh, in college and then was a 14th rounder with the Expos after his senior year. And uh, just a wonderful, wonderful story. Uh, great guy to follow. Uh, if, if you read things and, and the way that people talk about him, they'll describe him as, as their best teammate. Uh, he's one of the best uh, ultra utility guys to ever play. Uh, played every position at the big league level except for first base and catcher. Even got an inning uh, on the mound. And then probably best known for uh, Rocktober there with the Rockies. Uh, hit the sack fly to, to right there to drive in Matt Holiday to, to send the Rockies to the playoffs. Uh, and uh, just had a wonderful time watching his career and getting an opportunity to watch him play in big league fields, uh, big league stadiums all over the country as I was recruiting. And uh, really excited to, to get him on here. And before I bring him on, though, I want to play a clip uh, from the 2016 Western Illinois uh, Leatherneck leadoff dinner. Uh, he decided to come, and it was the first time that he ever did anything like this. And that, that speaks volumes of Jamie about the type of person that he is. And this is just a small snippet of, of that event and, and the interview that, that he did uh, at the end of that event. And again, I can't thank Jamie enough for, for doing that and then also coming on the podcast and uh, allowing me to get comfortable being a first timer here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, show gratitude to everybody listening in right now. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this clip and then I'm going to bring Jamie on. Thanks. been a tremendous visit i mean i couldn't ask for a better time and to be welcomed by so many people and uh to have this opportunity to see my own my own baseball coach from from college and and to have some time with ryan it's been great you know it's fun to see guys who are out on a football field with snow piled up but given given a great effort and trying to get better and buying into whatever coach is trying to bring to them so to see that then have a chance to talk about it and build on it um, this morning in a more intimate way with them and then then to kind of speak to them through my experiences of of what I think is was helpful in my career as uh, something fun something to, to serve and, and to give back to them uh, welcome JC my friend how are you doing I am well. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it, buddy. How are things down your way? Doing all right. It's finally getting a little cooler down here in Florida, but uh, managed to survive hurricane season, and uh, you know the kids are playing in every type of sport known to mankind, so we're busy. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, l- let's kind of jump into that side of things. And you and I have talked about that, the youth side. Um, you know, do you have any recommendations, you know, as far as youth parents, uh, youth coaches, youth players, you know, anything that, that kind of jumps off the top of your head? Um, because now you're in it on the, on the dad side of things and you see that side of it. Is there anything that you feel I could help, um, you know, anybody that's listening right now in the immediate? Oh, absolutely. I think being able to spend the last few years involved in the little league and then now uh, also involved in the travel ball, I've been hit with a lot of things and I've seen a lot of things. And as far as where I sit with my job and being able to bring uh, some stuff back that gives me awareness on what we're trying to do in, in youth sports. And I think the biggest thing and I, and, I, and I try to tell people is the most important thing for anybody is they need to leave there wanting to come back. And if we get them to come back and continue to play baseball, then they'll continue to get better. Um, and then I started to think about it. I'm like, man, that's, that's our goal in pro baseball, too, is for everybody is what can we do to create an environment to get everybody to come back? Um, one of the biggest things that I see is I try to really understand and pay attention, especially to coaches, is who's this most important for? Is it for you or is it for the kid? Um, Because winning becomes a really big deal uh, to a lot of the coaches. And I think we lose sight of the most important thing at the youth level is just development. And one thing I've said in talking to a bunch of coaches is there's no game important enough to win until your first day in the big leagues. So other than that, it's about development. So when you look at a kid and you put him in a situation, are we developing them or are you trying to win? And believe it or not, I mean, that's a tough question for a lot of people to uh, wrestle with, which was surprising to me. Um, but now understanding that somebody must have stole a lot of people's trophies as a kid because they're trying to get them on back. And you just see the way that they communicate and they talk to the kids that uh, it becomes more about them than it becomes about the kid. And so uh, that's one of the biggest things I stress is, is like, are you a transactional coach that you're just going and trying to get a win? Or are you going to be transformational where you're going to try to change this kid's life and not only teaching them a game of baseball, but teaching them respect, teaching them discipline, teaching them the life aspects of the game that this is a very hard game. Um, did, did you play on any bad teams growing up? I mean, I was thinking about us when we were playing. I mean, Newburgh Little League, like uh, along the way, did you did you ever play on any bad teams? Well, I have two brothers. <laughs> so I have an older brother and a younger brother who always dominated in everything. And the teams that I played on were the, the teams that fought. And I remember my first year we won two games because I got two stars on my hat for the Fraternal Order of Police. And then um, my my teams, my all-star teams – Always did okay, but they weren't doing the the winning like my brother and uh, their their teams did. So, um, and I feel like to be honest with you, that's where my son Cole's team sits. It's a a group of kids who aren't uh, overly athletic. They're they're smaller for their age, and to me, we're grinding and learning the game of baseball. So when they do develop, they'll be able to catch up to all the people that uh, seem so far way ahead even though they're 10 and 11, we're all maturing at different times that you may be great now, but uh, later in a few years, you're going to get caught up and you've had a kid who 
who's went through all the basics where now you have the big kid who's trying to learn how to just develop a normal swing when he's been stronger and bigger. Um, and I did, think more than anything, I mean, these, these kids aren't lottery tickets. I know TV <laughs> and media is showing it. And one thing that's come across my way lately to really try to, to expand on is, is like, I mean, these are young kids that they're, they're not a piece of jewelry. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're little kids that get to play baseball. It's not who they are. Um, they go four for four. It doesn't change who they are. They go zero for four. It doesn't change there. I had to tell my team who was getting a little stressed out about not doing well that when I mean, you're still getting a ride home, you're still going to get dinner and they love you no matter what. Uh, they just may have their way. And so then it's been cultivating the, the parents to understand, um, how we're talking to these kids. Like each kid is different, man. I mean, there's some kids that, that need a little spark and there's other kids that, man, you try to spark them in a certain way and you send them to the loop. So a good coach will know that Yep. he will know what he can do with each player. And if you just take the time to get to know the kid, um, and the parents and, and be open with them. I mean, when you, when you were younger, what, what sticks out about coaches that you had? I mean, what, what made, you know, what made you want to keep playing um, with the guys that, that you're around just coaching wise? Cause I think we all were there that we all decided to play baseball or whatever sport we were playing back then. Right. We all decided to keep playing the next year. You know, what do you feel like was, was the best thing about some of those coaches, you know, when, when you were younger? I, I think more than anything was the encouragement. I mean, I laughed that my dad coached my brother's, and their teams won, but somehow he didn't coach me all the time, and I'm the one that played till I was 40. Um, he was intense, but I think more than anything, and fortunate for me, um, I mean, I was outside all the time, uh, playing, pitching, hitting. I mean, he, there was not a time where he didn't uh, offer up that to us to be out there, to be available in every sport. Um, and so I think... Do you feel like your dad knew a lot about baseball? Um, looking back, I, I think so. I think he had an idea of what you needed to know. Um, and then as we got going on, I realized that, uh, yeah, I mean, he even self admits there's a certain age where it's just like, you know, this is out of my hands. Um, but definitely think he had an understanding of it. He had a love for it. And, you know, we were fortunate that there's three of us pretty similar in age that he got to be a part of it for a very long time to learn a lot. Uh, but the coaches that, I mean, I remember on those all-star teams were my buddy's dads that, um, I don't think there was ever truly a stress on we had to win. I think it was understood. Um, and we went out there and played and, and with each defeat, whether we lost to, you guys in in the uh, in one tournament compared, we'd come back and maybe win another one. Uh, I just remember that was some of my favorite times ever in playing baseball. And my goal right now is to try to create those same memories for these kids that uh, I'm fortunate to get a coach around here. Yeah, and for our listeners out there that don't know yet, Jamie is going to actually speak at at the youth clinic, the the youth stage in Nashville for the ABCA national convention. And this was one of the reasons why I wanted you to, to speak to the youth coaches, um, just because I, I feel like you're going to bring a really unique perspective, uh, to that stage, just because you played for 11 years in the big leagues for a variety of teams. You played multiple positions. Um, mm -hmm. I, 
you know, when I was coaching, I would bring you up to our guys a lot just as far as what your fielding percentage was at the big league level and the amount of positions you played and then how serviceable you were at the plate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so those are some of my best memories was going to watch you play back then. Um, but you had joy for, for the game. And that was the thing that always stuck out to me about you is that, that you always had joy for playing. Um, you know, and, and, and you've seen all sides of it. I mean, what do you feel like is the biggest difference between the pro side and the college side? I mean, you've been on both sides of it. What do you feel like is the biggest difference? Um, you know, and, and being in the position I am now as, as a defensive coordinator, I get the opportunity to, you know, see a team full of guys that were just drafted and, and get an opportunity to talk to them. And I mean, for me as one playing, but now being on this side, as far as a, uh, a, uh, player development person it's just it's the everyday grind i think the one of the biggest things is knowing that it's every single day you got to turn it on compared to college you may practice every day but you're playing your games on the weekend and then probably mid one mid two midweek games and you know it's it's the being ready every single day that takes its toll on you and i think first of all mentally um and then, then it goes down to physically, but how can I prepare myself that, uh, yes, school is taken away, but now it's, it's, you get guys who are going to come at you like every day on the Friday night, um, on your college weekends, you got guys who are going to run down the balls in center field, um, and the outfield, you get guys who are going to get down the base pass that are going to hit the ball a little harder that you see this adjustment of the speed of the game when they talk about it. And that is like, like I said, the guys that are running down the balls, the, the pitchers are coming at you from one to nine innings. There's no next day let off. Um, and guys are getting down the line and busting it to force you to make a play. So all that, and then guys are better hitters that are putting balls in play. So there's, there's so much more focus and determination um, each and every day that I think over a period of time that's wearing and that's taxing. And that's one of the first things that is a learning curve. And then a lot of times for these guys this is the first time they failed. So who am I? I think you find out a lot about who you are uh, and then how to handle it because there's enough time to be able to grind through it and see, you know, who am I going to be in this game and what are the expectations? And, um, and I, you know, I got a chance to watch you in the, right in the beginning. I mean, you, were, you played in the minor leagues for seven years. You know, how do you, how do you help guys – deal with that fear of if I don't play well, I'm going to get sent home. Like, how do you, a lot, how do you help guys with that part of it that, you know, cause you were there, you know, right. is that always in the back of your mind that, okay, if I don't play well, or do you eventually just free yourself up and it's like, okay, I can't focus on that. You know, how do you help your, your guys that you're dealing with now deal with that, that side of things? Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. I think, the first and foremost is just the understanding of if you have change or if you have um, some sort of task that you're trying to accomplish, right? And it's being a coach or a coordinator and letting them know that there's going to be failure within it. And we're looking more for the ability to adjust, the ability to handle it and see who you are. But also these are examples of, of learning when you're dealing with mistakes and, and failure, um, you know, and it's like the quicker that you can understand and 
overcome the failure, then the better off you're going to be. And and we try to tell them like if you're at the dish and you're in an O for twenty, the the ideas and goals is to learn through this process of next time that's going to be an O for fifteen, and then next time it's going to be an O for ten, and then who am I in trying to learn in that? I think there's always going to be because you're human <laughs> in the back of your mind that you're going to have an opportunity to be sent home. Um, did that drive you when you were playing? I mean, did, did, did that get you out of bed in the mornings? Um, I, absolutely. I, I think there's a part of, you know, in my situation as an individual, uh, always went with the chip on my shoulder that I wasn't blessed with the yep. speed and the size. So I knew I had to grind and I felt like if I let up at any point in time, I would give them an excuse. Yep. So that was my drive. I didn't want to give them an excuse to send me home. Um, and then also knowing that if I worked that way and they did send me home, then dude, I did the best I could. Yep. And, um, and even when I had the opportunity to, to be sent home and even at the time when I was told that, I mean, I could choose to stop playing this game. I wrestled with it. I wrestled with the fact that, you know what, I need somebody to tell me to go home because I didn't want to go, man, I could st- uh, still keep playing this game and I'm choosing not to. So I decided then that I was just going to ride this out till somebody booted me out and said, you've done well. Um, and you and I had those conversations when you were playing. The amazing thing to me is like how banged up you were, you know, and, and you did such a good job of managing, you know, all the, the bumps and bruises and injuries and, and kept yourself on the field for, for you know, from little to, to when, I mean, when was your last year age-wise? Uh, I was 40, so that was in 2000. Yeah, which is, so. is an amazing thing that you, you played baseball for that long and were that resilient. And, you know, in the intro, I did talk about your arm injury that you had in high school. You know, mm-hmm. just, just to even be able to play, um, mm-hmm. you know, after that is an amazing thing. And, um, you know, if you could go back, you know, and this may be nothing, if you could go back and change one thing, you know, you know I think we all have those moments and, and we'll get to some, some uh, fail-forward sure. deals here, but – you know, if you could go back, and, and it may be nothing, but if there was one right. thing that sticks out that, that you could change, would there have been anything? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've thought about this question, and, and to be honest with you, it's kind of funny, but it's not in the game of baseball. I would do anything to go back and um, and play basketball my senior year in high school. Yeah. I just realized now, just seeing the ability, and granted, it had been a short period of time, but I think being a senior – um, and playing basketball, which I absolutely love, uh, would have gave me some a little bit more of a leadership role and a confident role to be able to move forward in who I was when I got uh, into professional ball, or even in the case of getting an opportunity to go play at uh, University of Evansville and, and playing Division One baseball. And um, I, but more than anything, I think it's just I've been fortunate to look back and that even though I went to a year of junior college and then three years at Evansville, I, I got an opportunity to play each and every year that I look back now and see that that, that was extremely helpful for me um, to keep learning and get an opportunity to play. And then um, then fortunately getting drafted. So uh, I'm sure there's plenty of things I, I would have changed. <laughs> but but at the same time, if I look look through my career and, and see where I stood. I played a lot longer than I ever imagined. Yep. And uh, so I couldn't be more grateful for that. And, and do you have a fail forward moment? I mean, I think we all have those that is, is there one thing that sticks out that, that one moment that you thought would maybe train wreck you or you look back now. And I always try to get this through to my players, 
with, you know, they would deal with a lot of things. And I'm like, hey, you're going to look up in 12 months from now and figure out that this, you know, either one wasn't a huge deal or two may have been the best thing that has ever happened to you. And do you, do you have anything that, that sticks out in your mind with that? Uh, the, the first thing I thought of, and I'll never forget it, was sitting in a cage in between um, two fields in spring training and was not having the best spring training, but, you know, I'm not a big hitter. I'm not uh, somebody that drives the ball a lot. Uh, my, my game was to put the ball in play and get on base. Um, and I never forget a coach asking me, Doug Sisson, you're not afraid to hit with two strikes, are you? And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, what do you do with two strikes? And I was like, well, I, I choke up. And he goes, well, why don't, you, why don't you just start there? Why don't you just choke up? And I immediately thought, oh, I'm giving in. I'm already giving in, and um, I don't want to do that right out of the gate. Like that, that, that means that I'm already defeated, and I'm already battling before I get my first pitch. And at the same time, I'm like, I do have nothing to lose at this point in time. So from that day on, I choked up every day for the rest of my career. Um, gave me better handling of the bat, uh, put me down closer, I felt like, into the zone and uh, made me a much better hitter. And so... I think you I saw it with that. the Nationals lineup this year. You know, was lucky enough to go to one of our Barnstormers events was in St. Louis, and we went to the Friday night where Sanchez almost threw the no-hitter, but that was the thing you noticed about their lineup, and it started with Soto where he spread out and choked up with two strikes, and... Um, yeah, I think they, they did as good a job as anybody off the, the pitching that they saw in the playoffs, the, the best pitchers in baseball with Cole and Verlander and those guys, and, and they battled one through nine, and it was, it was great to see that because you don't always see that at that level no. with guys. Um, but, again, it's about finding what works for you, and sure. that was something that worked for you, and I think everybody has to get to that point where, where, you, where you find something that works for you individually. Well, yeah, and I, and I look back now, and here I'm in a position to ask players to take risk and to try something and see. Um, who, again, if you go back on another question, are looking at you like, well, this is my career. Yep. So this is hard. And then, you know, so then you try to build off of those that you had your experience to show. I'm like, look, I tried this. And, you know, and I'll be the first one to say, hey, look, hey, let's try it this way. And you know what? That ain't going to work. Yep. Sorry, man. And And that's fine. I think if you have a coach that's willing to be able to, understand that and say we're going to keep grinding until we find something for you but also to have a player to go i'm willing to try because i trust and i built this relationship with this guy and he has my best interest at heart and i felt that at the coach at that time and who i'm still really good friends with to this day um and and yeah and the choking up part is a ongoing back and forth <laughs> battle in the game of baseball now and um i know it worked for me and i understand that it depends and these guys are showing that They've got a pitcher that they're trying to battle with and put the ball in play, so they're willing to do whatever it takes. And that's one question I love to ask. Are, are, you, know, are you doing something every day that, um, that you'll do whatever it takes to try to get better and try to help your ball team win? And I think that's a huge question for people to answer. You know, and you know, I got firsthand with you. You, know, you were always a great teammate. You're a great worker. Um, you, know, you always rubbed off on people, and obviously that carried over into your, into your professional career. But now, you know, are there any 
morning. I love asking people this. Are there, are there any evening or morning routines? You know, you're in a high stress job. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, professional baseball is a high stress job. Do you do anything on a daily basis that you feel like helps you with your energy level, you know, helps you from, from any poor as far as like, okay, I do this, it allows me to feel good. Um, you know, do, do you do anything on a daily basis? And it could be anything. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I'll just say something as simple as when I played, we purposely lived 15 to 20 minutes away from the stadium that um, the 20 minute drive allowed me to start getting focused into what the day was going to. Uh, be about. And then the 20 minute drive home was for me to work through and process so I can go home and be home. I think a huge thing that uh, I started to understand in my career was about being present to where I was at. And, um, you know, it's easy to take it home. I mean, I, I have an understanding that's easy for me to take it home now. Um, but the big thing for me is, uh, is being able to get away. I'm fortunate to have kids that, that take me to events and, 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 conquer most of my day when I'm home but when I'm when I'm not and I'm on the road um, there's definitely some sort of a physical activity and workout that I need to do that just helps me in a sense stay competitive to, to who I am and then um, I'm a big art graphic arts drawler person that gets me away from the world that's my meditation um, that gets me away from the world to be able to be creative back on the, the other end what, what graphic, your graphic design stuff, and I know that firsthand because when you came to the leadoff dinner, you, you took the pride poster that we had and you right. made the, gra what, what software are you using for that? I use Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator and it's stuff that, um, I truly enjoy. I mean, I can look up and all of a sudden it's, it's four o'clock in the morning. That's yeah. my, that's my getaway to learn. I've self-taught, um, watching everything, reading everything and, uh. You know, for me, it's more about if I'm creating something for somebody, it's the joy that you're bringing. And uh, especially if you nail it, I do a lot of stuff that's fun for the Pirates for T-shirts and created our our uh, travel ball team's logos and everything. So there's a proud moment that when you see your logo put on a hat, that to me brings me joy. That's that's my getaway. Um, like I said, that's my that's my meditation moments that I put on a little little Chris Stapleton in the background and then I just, I get away and, um, and that, and if I know if I'm hitting that, then I'm going to be a better person on the back end. And that puts me in a better spot, to to be able to, to listen and, and, um, to hear what people are saying to me. Yep. Now you, you went to the convention last year, right? You said yes, you went, yes. I, that, this is amazing. Cause I, I missed you like that All right. for, for us to be in Dallas at the same time and you don't see each <laughs> other like that. But you know, was there anything that stuck out to you about, cause that was your first convention, right? Last it was year. My first one. Yes. I mean, anything that, that stuck out to you about the event itself? Well, I just, um, was so overwhelmed in a good way, uh, that seeing so many people and coaches, um, not only giving their information, and be willing to share what they believe has made them successful with their team and being so open about it. Um, but then everybody that's there to try to learn to get better. Um, I was just absolutely amazed by the attendance and then getting the opportunity to listen to everybody's point of view. Um, I'm a guy who reads a book and thinks everything's important, so I highlight it all. So probably one of the reasons why I didn't see you is because I was trying to get to everything and anything and uh, just taking notes left and right. But 
but not only that, but then to see the community that, um, and a lot of, a lot of people that you don't get to see or you'd be able to, uh, to learn from, which is overwhelming to me. I mean, I, from every aspect, I mean, I set in on pitching and, and catching stuff, um, to all the new advanced technology stuff, uh, just trying to see how can I get better and bring these things back, um, to make the people around me better and to be able to have all this in one place is truly, I think, amazing. And I look forward to going back this year. And it's amazing to think of, of where it started. It started with a really, really small group of co- just college coaches, and it's it's morphed and blended into a, a pro college youth travel high school thing where everybody is a huge community of trying to help growth-minded people get better. Right. And I've I'm lucky I grew up in a house with a college baseball coach. So I think sometimes you took that for granted how, you know, gracious baseball people are with information. Um, and hopefully that never changes. I say it a lot, you know, don't, don't change baseball guys out there because right. that's what's made our profession tremendous is that guys are willing to help each other. Um, and so hopefully we can continue to keep driving all of that forward because it is great. You can call anybody Yep. And they will be willing to help you. Um, it's just, it's amazing to me. And, and, you know, to be a small part of that is, is tremendous. No, absolutely. I, and, I, and I will say one of the things that, to even answer this question even more, is listening to the high school coaches or the, even the small um, college coaches on how creative they are uh, with less resources. And here we are in a professional organization who's trying to be creative, who who thinks they're cutting edge, but yet, um, some of the most creative minds to do the, the, the most game-like stuff that they can to make their players better are, uh, are those guys who are making the best with what they have. And, and it ends up becoming, you look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so simple. It's right in front of us. We're here. We think that we're, we're in the professional ranks, that we're, we're above and beyond all that. And that's what we're looking to get to. Um, so there was a lot of great nuggets that I took to be able to use with my infielders. I thought the LED uh, stopwatch, which I had never even thought of before, was was tremendous. Um, and I can't remember who gave the speech, but used it for base running, used it for in the bullpen for for pitchers for their their yeah. stretch times, uh, used it for infielders for their clock internal yeah. clock from getting the ball. You know. Yeah. And speaking of that, do you do you stopwatch your guys? You know, with with, with infielders are you ever putting them on the on the clock for fungos no no question about it um that's one of our our main go-to things um that we do and we do it on on fungo we do it on what we call drop ball um that allows the swing to be more game-like and we've actually moved to a screen in front uh with a coach tossing that we've moved to a uh pitching machine where I'm hitting with a regular bat, so they're getting a regular thing. We put time on it all. We change up the runners. We even put a time window to see if they can go under control just so they can start pinpointing it. Then we make them call it out. Um, we do the time, and we ask them what they think and see how close they are to be able to get to really understanding their own time clock. And then we put the situations out there as far as uh, the way the ball is hit. So we can be random with where we hit it, yet there's focus and determined uh, what kind of runners we have. That's one of our greatest tools that I feel like we use. At your level, do you feel like you have to slow guys down infield-wise or do you have to speed them up? 
you know, as far as getting the ball to first base? <clears throat> a little bit of both, but mainly um, slowing them down, especially um, the younger guys. There is a a panic and go, yep. and realize that you actually have more time than you yes. think. Yes. Yep. Um, which is which is a huge thing for them. Which is what's great about the the stop clock and the stopwatch is to be able to get them to call it out. Or and when we give them that time window, that uh, I mean, I've given a time window for five seconds to six seconds and a guy come up and throw him out in three nine and the great part about that is all his other buddies are holding him accountable like hey slow down like see you have time and he did slow down so um but the, the hardest part is is how can we control this where you're saying to attack the ball but yet under control so it's it's such a delicate balance with it that uh one of the best things you can do is put him in a game-like situation to understand and see so they can get their own feedback of how I'm throwing the ball or or how I'm making the adjustments and where I'm fielding it um, are all key parts to it. And you were a great catch partner. Um, you know, my arm strength got way better in college because of you, you know, and I, everybody has their own different views on the, on the long toss portion of it, um, you know, and, and again, without getting into too much detail, because I know there's things that you can and cannot talk about, you know, with your with your infielders how often are you having them stretch it out are you having them stretch it out you know is it a personal personal preference thing or you know when when they're playing catch i mean go through that part of it from a long toss standpoint what are they actually doing well we moved into something this year that um dave turgeon our coordinator of instruction really wanted to implement and we tried it that we put bases out for 90 feet and so they worked back to the 90 feet, and when they get to the bases, it's a uh, situation to where, hey, man, if you're a middle infielder, you're coming across the bag and turning a double play, and if on the other end you're a first baseman, you're using the bag. So we're trying to get reps within that we call free reps, and then we move back um, and start stretching it out. Then when we get them out to 120, us coaches have them turn around, and they're the relay guy. Yep, perfect. So now, now they're coming up, and they're throwing. They're getting feedback on the guy fielding to be able to work on tags and long hop, no hop. And then they're getting their footwork on on the relay throws. So um, that's how we end up growing. I think we, we allow them to really get it loose, and then we start hitting them on that to where, hey, you know what, we may not be working on cutoffs and relays today, but right here, and it gets them going. It gets their whole body into it, and we're working on what they do. I think uh, pos- position specific catch play is something that everyone can incorporate, and even yep. at, at the youth level. And um, you know, when we would do youth camp and, and that side of it, and training some younger kids, it would all be position specific catch play, just to allow them to get yep. in some reps with that part of it. Because you know, you and I have talked about this: kids don't go out and play enough on their own. So they do miss a lot of that at a young age where I think you have to allow them to play catch up a little bit within their, their catch play that, that you have structured for them. No, no doubt. I mean, I think it's one way, like I said, to get multiple reps um, that you normally can't truly get every single time, whether you're just standing by the kid who's a second baseman and you give him a toss that he can work on a double play or, um, they're having the abilities that we actually, I'll throw them a ground ball uh, when they're, they're 60, 90 feet away. I'll throw them a ground ball so they can work up, com- you know, work on coming up instead of simulating it. We're there. I mean, it's not time. We, we're looking at this. It's not time for us to sit around and, and chat and talk as coaches. Like, 
let's, if we want to make them better, let's go do it. And so that's one thing we've added. And, and we've gotten great feedback from the players, man. I mean, and it's great time for them to even ask questions that maybe they don't have, we don't have normal time to on a, on a ball field. Um, and it's worked. I mean, we've thrown fly balls where outfielders come up and they work on their uh, long hop, no hop. And um, I feel like we've, we've, really helped that this year and I look forward to really improving it because now coaches are trying to think of other ways to keep increasing this and we brought it to our little travel ball team and and they 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 if you walk by them and they have a ball they'll hit you with it um for them for they want to rep and that's where you ultimately want to be hey they want something and I'm there and and I, I love that out of the little guys and so hopefully um you know we're fortunate that it went really well and to continue to get it to go well, especially with guys who have played for a while, who uh, have an understanding of what the game is about, and to convince them, I mean, that's a different conversation of what this is going to do for you to keep you on top of your game um, compared to guys that are in A-ball or in the Gulf Coast League. So that's a whole another, another dynamic as far as understanding who your individuals are and what level they're at. And, uh, you know, it's just think about where where you came from and where you're at now um you know it's always been amazing to me i've always been a, a huge huge fan of yours um you've always been forthcoming with me and felt more like a brothership than than you know brotherhood than than anything and um you know i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing you here in, in nashville and uh, yeah. anything else you'd like to add i mean that, we're going to get a variety of listeners they'll they'll be a, a ton of different listeners on this um you know anything else that you would like to add before i cut you loose here because i know you got father things to do here in the off yeah. season you got to be able to spend time with the family but is, is there yeah. anything else you would you want to add before we we cut it loose here yeah i think um you know first and foremost i'm i'm looking forward to it. i'm extremely humbled to be able to be asked to get up on that stage and not only have you there, which I can, um, definitely, uh, comment to the, the, the brother like relationship we've had. I think it's always been great. And I mean, that started with having an opportunity to be, uh, in the middle infield with you. And, um, it's one that I've, I've never taken for granted and know that I can learn a lot from you as well. Um, which has been great. And I'm fortunate to have friends like that. Then knowing that I'm going to be doing that up there with my brother in the audience and my my former coach, your dad in the audience, um, and I'm sure your brother is going to be there in the audience too. That, and then the people I work with are going to be there. So it's going to be uh, a humbling experience, and I'm grateful for it. And so I look, I I really look forward to um, trying to impact the game however I can, and uh, you know, through my experience. And I'm fortunate that I've gotten to play with some um, great managers all along the way that uh, the last thing I need to do is go home and sit on it. So uh, to have the opportunity to share it, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to look forward to doing um, and then get to talk some more baseball at that point in time, especially with the passion of, of the youth game because they're, they're our future and the way the game is, is set up now to play all year round and to have um, – this certain aspect expected of you uh, is something I think that needs to be talked about. And I look forward to uh, talking about just the whole psychology part of it for, um, you know, a kid that's seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, that's playing 110, 140 games a year. And then seeing that we're getting him at 18 years old with uh, physical limitations because they've been doing the same thing over and over again. 
that now we have to spend time correcting um, to make sure they're healthy on a baseball field. So I look forward to being a part of this day, and um, I'm grateful that uh, that we get to do it. We get to do it together. Yep, and I appreciate you coming on, and I uh, tell Kim and the, the kids I said hello, and uh, appreciate it, and uh, holler at me if you need anything, okay? No problem, brother. I appreciate you. Yep, thanks. That was an outstanding baseball conversation with Jamie Carroll, who's in player development with the Pirates and former college teammate of mine at the University of Evansville. And I can't thank him enough uh, for coming on. And this is the American Baseball Coaches Association podcast. And this is your host, Ryan Brownlee, uh, signing off again from the offices in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, appreciate everybody listening in and uh, leave it better for those behind you. And thanks. Oh